Laugh Now Dilator. On the road to the hundredth episode, I like to call this because it's uh, because it's um, it's um, um, I mean, I don't like. I mean, I'm not calling it like seasons. Like, oh, this is first season, second season. But I'm in a period at the point of this recording where I'm recording a bunch of episodes that will come out together. If that makes sense. And um, today, my guest is a uh, is a very special guest because I feel like he hasn't done interviews or like there's no podcast. Or any uh, any well-known interview, I guess. Maybe besides one that we talked about earlier. But you know, an in-depth interview that I'm pretty sure a lot of people want to listen to. Um, the man behind Hoax Command. How you doing, sir? I'm really good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate. I appreciate you. Uh, I remember. Uh, I remember. Um, uh, Hitting up, I was like, there's, there's certain people that I, I hit up that don't respond that I already expect to not reply. On HF, I was like, oh, man, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to do it, but uh, I'm glad we're doing this. Um, so, yeah, um, we're going we're gonna to get right to it. Starting from the beginning, you're from St. Louis, Missouri. How was yeah. that? Um, uh, you know, honestly, I loved it. Um, kind of at the time growing up I didn't know anything else uh, so um, uh, um, I mean, you take a break we can take a break don't no, 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 no. so I, I just uh, yeah I liked it I liked it uh, uh, I grew up in St. Louis County um or my family moved there in when I was in second grade. My parents are both uh, from the East Coast. Uh, my mom's from Massachusetts, and my dad's from New York. Um, uh, um, and they ended up in. St. Louis, uh, to, uh, my dad was, uh, took a, a position at Washington University, so, um, uh, he's a scientist, and he, in so he is, was really immersed, he, still, like, uh, that's his, yeah, uh, like a science geek. Yeah, like a, a lot of when you think of a scientist, you're like he's like uh, uh, you know aloof, or, but really smart. Uh, like this Jewish guy with huge thick glasses. And, yeah, like very kind of classic scientist, and he okay. yeah, um, but. Um, <laughs> I mean, was your family like a, like a typical suburb family with brothers and sisters, like nice life, or mm -hmm. or was there like a lot of problems? Do you have any siblings? Yeah, I've got uh, one younger sister. Uh, um, she lives in Washington D.C. We see each other. I, we're not super close, but I I, I really like um, respect her and. Yeah. She, um, 
maybe that's a good way to put it. Is like you know, I love I liked growing up in St. Louis. My parents were really immersed in their own work worlds. Mm-hmm. They didn't have any connection to St. Louis. They didn't like anything any of my parents or any of my friends' parents liked. You know what I mean? Okay. It would just be like. You know what I mean? They just like they didn't they, they didn't fully not have friends, but like uh I it wasn't it was it, it was like they're, they're uh, um wait I'm doing what I'm getting is like they're like like they gave you freedom if that makes sense yeah kind yeah I got I had a I had a lot of freedom. When, uh, when I, by the time I was in high school, they were both really, or like end of middle school, they were both really immersed in their own work and stuff. So for me, that translated into a lot of freedom. For my sister, it meant like a kind of unwanted independence sort of thing Mm -hmm. where she was in the throes of what's like, you know, the worst of the worst of like weird middle class uh, Midwestern suburban culture. And she got super fucking depressed and um, like, yeah, I I really regret not like being there more for her. I guess I just didn't really know what was going on and I was out doing all kinds of dumb shit and like getting into punk and like having this world of stuff open up to me and she was, you know, uh, like... She just wanted to be seen. Yeah, yeah. She would, like, be skeptical every Monday, like, crying or being sick and stuff. And when, uh, you know, my family moved back to Massachusetts uh, when I was 18 and I stayed in St. Louis for another year and... um, when I would go, when I saw her, I, I stayed in touch with her actually really well. Some of the best we've ever stayed in touch that year. She moved to Massachusetts where she immediately came out and uh, like to her close to her friends, her new friends. She had friends for the first time. And like it was just like she was like a self-actualized human and like had this opportunity not to be around like this sort of conservatism mm. that like okay, yeah. I grew up not noticing you know what I mean like I didn't you know I knew it was like I knew that there was something else because I could tell my parents looked down on my not looked down on but like you know what I mean there's some there was something up <laughs> yeah, yeah. I knew there was something up but I went like full native and like really embraced growing up in St. Louis and had a rat tail and made a lot of friends and was into like monster trucks and shit and they were like uh you know just thought I was like kind of a fuck up oh okay did did you you ever try in school like or did you even try like to to even try in school if that makes sense like or or were you always kind of like fuck this like kind of free spirited if that makes sense um I don't know that I was free-spirited. I think I was, like, really insecure and shit. But uh, school was easy for me. You know, I had... um, Yeah, like, everyone in my family was, like, really smart. You know, like, everyone was, like, reading around 
Yeah, yeah, I just grew up surrounded by books and oh, okay. you know, smart shit. My grandparents were smart as fuck. Like, would you would you say you're smart genetically of anything? Yeah, it's only because of genetics. I can't take any credit for this. Oh, okay, <laughs> well, you wasn't you're smart. <laughs> so, uh, so okay, so you start getting in high school. Your parents leave. Who do you stay with, or or why do you not decide to leave with them? Oh, I mean that. Mm, I. Uh, yeah, so when, I guess we're kind of skipping over get me get learning about underground music. Okay, yeah, But yeah. maybe that will make a better segue, because the reason why I didn't leave with them is I had gotten involved in a DIY space that had been booking the majority of the hardcore shows going on in St. Louis yeah. it, during my junior and senior year of high school. Yeah. Um... And uh, that that was something I felt like I could get involved with, you know, and like be more involved as opposed to like just existing. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I, it, yeah, I don't know. Like, I wanted to make friends. I wanted to like do did, something cool. Did you not have friends outside of punk? Yeah, no, I had. Friends outside of punk, okay, but um, not. They didn't. Fe- I didn't feel particularly close to some of them, or like I would be like disagree with them or not. It's like when you're a kid. I think you have to like think of ways to make these distinctions that disappear or like get okay. summed up a little bit yeah. when you g- grow up. And for me, I remember when I was like fourteen or fifteen thinking like if people were deep or not like are you deep like like i wanted to know like could like are like do you have feelings do you like cry by yourself do you want (laughs) to do you do fucked up shit and don't tell anyone about it do you like like who are you who are you really yeah or like what like is anything even in there okay yeah, yeah like you can't you can't possibly be fucking satisfied with this or like 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 what do you Like what? I I don't know. I mean, I just didn't. uh, And I think that that sort of like presented is just sort of like low key prurience when I was a bit younger. Yeah. And then when I was in eighth grade, my mom had a friend who had, knew of a summer camp that they thought would be a good idea for me to go to. Was and, it, oh, sorry, was it because you were doing bad stuff already and you were getting caught, or or what do you think they wanted to do? Yeah, I think they were genuinely like, okay, this might be something that would be like a positive experience. Yeah. Um, but I met kids from... Boston and Philadelphia and New York um, whose families were like similar to my family like they are like they were kind of like the first Jewish people I'd ever met they were the first people who I knew who like grew up with some of the same like like their parents read them books that I had been read to by mm. my, just like you know bit, like things that like I didn't really have that same kind of relate I didn't relate to the other yeah yeah and that I think was like my mind you know and I I had been trying desperately to get into punk 
for probably two or three years at that point. You know, this is the summer after eighth grade. There was this fucking Cro-Mag of a dude who went to my middle school. He was like, you know, I was like in sixth grade and he was in eighth grade and like, I weighed 95 pounds soaking wet and like was four foot 11 and this dude was like six foot five and had like a full beard, you know what I oh, mean? Shit. And like a more like XL shirt, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like weird, like puberty hits it different times or whatever. And I just remember like, like just trying to like memorize every t-shirt that you would wear. And it would be like, he had a new t-shirt every week and it would be like a corn shirt or a Soulfly shirt or a less than Jake shirt. It was like pan, yeah, yeah. like, like, yeah, like dis- yeah. discount bin hot topic like late 90s kind of like bigger I don't know what you would call that band rock bands rock yeah just, but like you know left of rock like yeah. like harder rock harder it? rock yeah. like you may I didn't know yeah I don't know yeah, it definitely wasn't playing on the radio that much that I was listening to you know yeah. like there was one sick rock station in St. Louis uh, called The Point and I went to that when I was around that age, like fifth or sixth grade. It was like the first live music I'd ever seen. I saw like a couple pop punk bands, and I was like, okay, this is like, all right, like maybe this is more like. I didn't even know what I was looking for, really. Yeah. You know, like I had these, like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, you go to summer camp and then these guys they were like oh dude let me um but you want yeah they were like these these bands all suck this is so whack you can't possibly like this shit yeah. and i was like yeah yeah no <laughs> yeah. and then and this kid zach summit made me a mixtape of like just like 60 punk sound songs that were all over the place it was like Charles Bronson was on the tape, oh, Brother Inferior was on the tape, um, Oi Pulloi was on the tape, oh, The Unseen was on the tape, Capitalist Casualties was on the tape, Dead Milkman, yeah. you know, like a bit of those are, those are good. Yeah, that sounds like a good tape. Too. Toxic Narcotic. Uh, it was a great tape. Oz Rotten. Uh, and I think like that was like one by one I started like going through those bands and like within the first couple m- months of high school, I had managed to download b- b- tracks to, from all those bands off LimeWire and uh, yeah. had a better idea of maybe what was out there, but still a little bit, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know what. But those kids like that, I stopped taking, you know, like, I, I kept, oh, c- 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 coming back to St. Louis, I couldn't possibly take, like, like high school and the weird shit that, like, was going on in my high school series. You know, I was just like, all right, well, I'm the only person like me in this whole fucking school. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, so you're in high school and your parents leave, and then you're like, I'm not leaving because... It, it was right at the end of high school, so... <laughs> I started trying to seek out punk at that point and found what is was a burgeoning kind of really rich uh, underground punk, punk adjacent kind of scene, really pan underground scene in St. Louis and the surrounding counties. Um, and it was small, but it was like really vibrant and a lot of talented people participating from like 2000, whatever this was, like 
to oh. to when I left in 2005. Okay. And is that place still there? The venue. Yeah. The the was, one. The, was one, the scene is still. The scene. The scene. I think is what, what that was maybe the peak of its pop in this 2005 or six, and it continued with some other stuff that I would hear about uh, after I left. And um, now there's actually a podcast uh, that I listened to a little bit um, that I thought was really cool about that this guy who um, uh, he was in a, a band called Kami Chung and. Um, does interviews people who were like part of that scene yeah. and talks about what it was made it special but it was cool because it was it, it was similar to like I wasn't ready to commit to any or like I didn't have that feeling of like I am punk or like oh, okay. hardcore that's my shit like okay. I was more like looking for like what what is that like what <laughs> what's the what's that like what like where can I get the thing that like makes your stomach inside feel like noodles and <laughs> I, like it really give me something you yeah. know like and you know you every show is a mixed bill basically so you would see a lot of you know you could see like a weird indie and, and people booked all over the place too like mm. that the place that I was that I eventually sort of like stayed in was a part of I um, uh, they were like at like you know VFW halls or mm. Elks Lodge or some Denny's or uh, YMCA like all these weird ass places or Battle of the Bands we like try to get like a punk band that we liked on a Battle of the Bands oh, so some shit like that I, I don't know did you, did you stay there and live with them or like like with the community or like why did you like? Where did you where did you stay at after your parents left? Um, Once you're like involved in the scene. Yeah. Um, I so there was this guy who he was like an older dude who was he was like into politics, which also was like I think a big part that sort of led me into mm. punk music specifically, as I wanted. You know, it was my freshman sophomore year was nine eleven, and that was like kind of that was revolutionary. Yeah, totally. Especially in Missouri, where it was like, you know, like what the fuck are you doing? Like walking, like dudes like marching around their lake in Eureka, Missouri, with like guns, being like, just in case any terrorism, or oh, you know shit. what I mean? Like yeah. all this kind of like. So it was it was totally nuts. I mean, St. Louis is different, but. You know, even the world of St. Louis that St. Louis is real segregated. Like, really, you know, it's like I, I didn't. When I say I'm from St. Louis, what I really mean is I'm from like twenty um, percent of St. Louis okay. because I didn't even know about the other eighty percent. Okay. Like when I lived there. Like afterwards, I learned more about it. But like, you know, my like the schools I went to were real. They were. 99% white you know like did you ever get hate because you were Jewish or if people found out uh, I didn't really talk about it oh but never never found out or like because of your last name uh, yeah nah, 
No. Or no one ever found that. No one. Yeah. My but last name Sains. It's like an Ellis Island name when my uh, you know, great-grandparents came over. It turned from something like Senjaniskinowski or something. And okay. they like just were like, oh, it's Sains. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so how did you, you come over to... Uh, to um, uh, to how how did you, you get in contact with uh, well, um, sorry, what's his name the, that brought you here to LA? Oh, Cali. I Callie. met him at, in Chaos and Chaos, like around twenty, maybe twenty eleven or something. At, at a fest. Ka- do you know Chaos and Chaos? No. Um, it was a fest that ran from. I don't even remember what the first one is. Maybe 2000 and mid 2000s uh, till 2000. I want to say 12 or 13. Yeah. Maybe tw- maybe 2013 was the last last one. Yeah. And it it's like the it, I think you can get credited as like the first like fest to really. like articulate the hardcore punk to like oh. mainstream indie okay. pipeline. Yeah. So it was like it was like a you know, it was like a hardcore fest or whatever, but they would have metal you know, and it got more so every year. They were like techno projects and a bunch of noise shit and like metal bands and it was like huge. It went for like four days, hundreds of bands. Oh shit. All DIY um I mean it was it was totally epic. One year I drove straight from Massachusetts to Chaos and Chaos, like, pissing in bottle style. Oh, shit. Uh, to see Bastard play. Oh, okay. And it was one of the coolest shows I'd ever seen. Uh, Chaos and Chaos was where, sorry? In Austin, Texas. In Austin, Texas. Yeah, it was booked by a team helmed by uh, Timmy Hefner. Okay. Sort of legendary Austin promoter, record collector, oh, all around. Oh, sexy! Is he still around? Is he still around? Yeah. Yeah, and he moved. That sort of when chaos ended, he sort of segued into full time like artist management oh, okay. and shit. I didn't look into it. Oh yeah, you should look at all the chaos and chaos flyers too, because you'll just be like, you know, like it would be crazy because you could go see like. Now this sounds normal or whatever, but in 2010, it was, like, really impressive to me that you you could go, like, see Backtrack and then walk to see Wolf Eyes and then go see Total Control and then come back and see whatever, like, aspects of war, like, like, crust, like, uber crust sort of thing. Sounds kind of sick, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really sick. Yeah, that was a really long time. I'll fast forward through all this Boston shit, but I lived in Massachusetts for 10 years and then moved out to, uh, or like eight years, and then moved out to LA. And uh, um, when I'm, I, I wanted, I met these guys, this one guy, Callie, at Chaos and Teos, who was a really interesting dude. I knew nothing about him. He had done some art for Youth Attack, um, okay. Which is a record label that I know had, that That's it That's a cool That's a cool find Yeah um, He had done some stuff For um, Youth Attack um, You know And 
always you detect my favorite part was the art and design where like I was feeling that some kind of way before I listened to the track yeah you know like I think when I started I don't yeah like it was just like this is hard presentation is everything like you yeah. it's like amen yeah you can do so much by putting just the right foot forward or being the thing being right are being right looked this at the way that you need to be it was just really effective mm-hmm. and now i think i understand that it's like oh yeah it's like good design but yeah. i think a that's not what he thought at the time either he's like trying to like you know do mind control shit mm. yeah um, um, and you, so you did hoax what did you do hoax before coming out to la or yeah so hoax started in 2010 and um was over by 2013, basically, we had... Oh, you guys are for three years? Yeah. Holy shit, and... Because I know you guys are, like, pretty big. <laughs> well, like, yeah, you guys are, like, one of the biggest punk bands of... of the last, like, 20 years? Well, you know, I think it's really... It's crazy, but... You know, I think maybe big in what... Like, you maybe, like, a... Like, people know Hoax. Right, like, right, 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 right. Like, there's punk bands that you only name a punk people, they don't know. And then you tell them to hardcore kids, they like, I don't know what that is. But you tell hardcore kids, same thing, like, if there's some hardcore bands that you tell punk kids, like, oh, do you know this hardcore band? They're like, I don't know. But if you could get across to other subgenres just because right. people know about you, they don't even have to like you, I feel like that's, that's, yeah. that's a big band. Well, kind of like St. Louis, um... You know, we, when we started we, as a band, we we started in like uh, this area of like towns in Western Massachusetts, a very rural area, but with five um, colleges around. Mm. So um, it's there's you know because of the colleges, a lot of young people, active people, people doing shit, yeah. but a high turnover. It's one of those places where, like, you know, people moved to after leaving New York. Yeah. You know, okay, like, okay. it's like Thurston Moore moved there to have a family with, yeah. like, you know, like, it's, it's kind of like that sort of place. But, it, it, and there were hardcore shows, but, you know, like, I would... But there was a lot of other stuff, you know. It's not like there was a, a, like here where you can go to three hardcore shows a week. And uh, I don't know where this fits in in the timeline. But I didn't uh, like once I started going to shows outside of St. Louis, and I saw how you could have massive amounts of people who all looked the same and acted the same, and like you just had to adhere to these sort of like styles and tastes and culture and you could be part of this ocean of people it was like joining I don't know it was like I really liked like the joining like a a giant army or cult yeah totally like yeah I don't know there was I like it, it was like you could there was a lot of power in it or something, not like a necessarily good power. Like I mean, I'm not saying like oh, it's like really meaningful, but it was oh, okay. like, like I remember going to like the first show I ever went to, like that had like it was like a hardcore show or whatever, but it was like 
there were 500 kids there. It was at some church in Alston in, in like 2005 or something. And I was just like, holy fucking shit, this is so cool. You know, like, I've been to like 311 concerts or whatever, but like, it wasn't the same. Or I'd been to like a packed show in St. Louis, but I didn't know like, it's always like questioning the authenticity. I don't know what you okay, call yeah, it, yeah, but yeah. it's like, you're like dude, okay, everyone's like going off to this hardcore band, but dude, like you guys are all into like all different shit. Like I want it to be, I, like what I wanted to see was like single thought control, my like herd mentality, like that kind of like, I don't know. It's like chaos in a way. It's like really, and like that was like, that really appealed to me when I started going to Boston. It was like an army of people who kind of looked the same, acted the same, were all into the same shit, were down to do stuff together. They all had like crappy little apartments and okay. just like, uh, I don't know. Like I tried, I think I like started really tepidly trying to meet people on the bridge nine board huh. and you know, it took like a, no time at all and then made a bunch of friends uh and actually another just to give them credit um this band bones brigade from boston came through st louis sort of at the peak have you heard of them no. they're like a what we would now call wacky thrash but it's like you know thrash and hardcore and subject matter that has to do with um, like rival mobbish no they were no all right, that's what I'm uh, uh, Like, uh, you know, like, it, it's like, like, flip brim hats and <laughs> oh, burritos and skateboards yeah, yeah, yeah. and shit, and like, yeah. we're skateboard, you know, I don't know. They covered, like, Metallica, though, oh, and, yeah. Um, uh, um, yeah, I think now, if you listen to it, it sounded incredibly dated, but oh, okay. I think um, <laughs> at the time, that was like, they were like, you know, the... You know, if things had been different, they probably would have. They probably would have been a, like a municipal waste. Okay. Now yeah. or whatever, but yeah. now, but then they were, you know, just one in a sea of many municipal waste. <laughs> yeah. But they were really nice to me when I when they played in St. Louis, and I was. Uh, they had a roadie named Anthony Hook, who was the man, and he. Um, uh, broke his leg or something on the end of that tour so when I went up to Boston and I kicked it with him a bunch and then went they, like took his place on Bones Brigade European tour and that was like a bit of my like uh, you know sort of like beat like I don't know like, made, made to conform a bit more to like the your regular yeah. uh, hardcore kid or whatever. Like, I figured they, like, you know, through a combination of being generous and being bullies, like, helped me figure out how to act the way that I could to uh, be a hardcore kid and yeah. sort of immerse myself in this world and not have to think about other problems. Sure. Which I didn't do for several years. <laughs> and uh, and hoax, how did you? Uh, did the band come together, or did you bring people together? Um, or uh, was it you like I want to start a band? Who could play? Uh, was it? Yeah. So I was in the like the timing. Of, like so, I, those, all those 
that scene of people was in Boston, all like Eastern Mass, and then in the fall I started college in um, Western Massachusetts, um, and uh, that's the rural area, you know, like it's small space, yeah, and I knew that there was one band that had members that went to one of the colleges out in Western Mass, mm. and they were called uh, Youth Liberation Front. Mm, that's kind of funny. a great name, right? Yeah. And that guy was this guitarist who I recognized one day in like a school store. We didn't go to the same school, but he was like at the school and uh, he's like, what's up? I knew I recognized him. Yeah. I was like, hey, what's up? You're Ian from Youth Liberation Front. And that's Ian, who now is, you know, he played guitar in Hoax and plays guitar in Command. And oh, he also plays guitar in Command? Yeah, he played, yeah. That's sick, yeah. He, um, yeah, that was, that was him. So I met him and we were friends for years. And then he um, moved to Buffalo and I stayed in Massachusetts and both of us started uh, he was in this band called Aerosols um, that was my, like everyone lived in different cities at that point um, and we had an idea for this band basically both of us were insanely depressed and we were like why don't we start uh, this band and he moved back from he was going to grad school in Buffalo and moved back to Massachusetts uh, when we wrote the demo that summer. Mm. That was, yeah, that was, that was... How many releases did you guys have? Yeah, you guys a lot for three years. The idea was to do a demo, three seven inches, and an LP. And it got extended... Uh, we did a fourth seven inch because it ended up being like part like you know how it is like someone books your tour you do a seven inch to like for their label yeah. you know? so we did that with uh, La Vida Muse and did a fourth seven inch that was just like I think a two song you know it was like a promo yeah. for the LP on a seven inch but both those songs are on the LP and then at some point in there we did a split uh, with uh, a noise artist named Stone Leather Mm. Um, that I knew he's just like a really charismatic guy and I knew him through the world of other weird extreme music you know I was uh, part of being from St. Louis but the the part that we skipped over is I'm being really into like other types of music that were not punk growing up in high school what was was, like noise and like yeah a lot of noise and uh, like kind of like free jazz like stuff like extended technique type of music like music where it would be like some weird setup maybe not all electronic and it would be kind of like a you know in this DIY space okay, I don't know, I it, it, it'd be something else to engage me besides the sound or whatever like there was a lot of like I don't know what to call this kind of music but like music with like dudes who they're, they're like playing like a tour where they're like 12 hour drives between all their tours they all have beards and like it's really slow and hmm. I just couldn't stand any of that shit like I just fall asleep during shows all the time oh, but shit. if yeah. there was um, 
something cool going on, or like if I, there's like a key I could get into it. Yeah, can 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 you try your best to explain a noise? Like for some for like like what? Because I've heard a lot of people like, why do you like noise? Or a lot of people don't understand the appeal, and I don't personally kind of under. I like the visuals and I like the aesthetic and I like the idea, but if you were telling me to listen to noise, I kind of wouldn't get it. Um. Yeah, but you know, people say like that about hardcore. That's tr- that's very true. <coughs> you know, it's the same thing. It's okay. like it's like that, or it's like you know, there's like. I guess I think about all these kinds of music. It's like essentially like. It's like folk music, uh-huh. like like um. You know, it's music that's like uh, emerges, like comes out of like a really specific time or place or set of conditions or things that like they don't ask for progress to be made on them right like you're not listening to hardcore and being like I want you to like really turn this on its head and like add a saxophone and what if there was like like a choir part it's like as soon as you start deviating from the genre it loses a lot of what like Makes, makes it special in the first place. Like, it's if you abandon all these things that are, like, part of what the music is, it doesn't have that. You know, it's like all that shit oh, yeah. isn't, like, contained in the notes. It's not like you, like, play a riff and you're like, okay, I'm, like, fucking... Like, you know, it's like... I get what you're saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you learn these things. It's, like, social... It's, like, socially... Uh-huh. It's not popular music. It's music that comes from people who identify with this, like context or like whatever it is yeah. yeah and you can get into i i liked when you talked to sam boston and he was i forget what he said like some kind of oh i think it is reggae or something that okay. was like one of the first musics that i got into it was like digital dance hall that like that where you start hearing it and you're like it just switches oh i like start to get it i yeah. kind of get what they're into or like when we were talking about earlier about like the where you're like how did how the fuck did all you guys decide that this is like a good band? Mm-hmm. Like, why do they sound any different from that band? Like, what is it? Like, to the if you don't know anything about it, or you haven't heard it, or you don't hear, you don't have these frames of reference. It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, like when you try to describe a band without comparing them to other bands, you're really you, you're stuck to like saying these words where you don't know if other people are like thinking thinking the same thing as you are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where you're like, okay, but I said like, it's really like heavy and hard or whatever, and I can be thinking, oh yeah, like, sun, and you're like, no man, like hate breed or I don't, you know, like, yeah. trying to think of the most dumb version, yeah, of yeah, I don't plan, but like, that's like, yeah, I get you. Uh, whatever. I guess the noise thing is just to say like you're. It's just it was just it just happened to be as popular as a lot of other shit when I was growing up and it had a lot of things. You think noise is still popular now? Or, 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 well, or the past? Com- compared to different stuff. I think, no- I think noise now, what is a bit different about it than in the early 2000s is that, that those kind of genres, there was a lot more room for new stuff to come out of noise. Whereas now I think if you're trying to be like experimental and break boundaries, playing noise you're doing it as wrong as someone who's like 
trying to add a saxophone to a hardcore band. Ooh. You know, you're just doing something that no one's asking for and is like moving away from what makes it appealing to the devotees who are really into that in the first place. Interesting. I think those people are smart. Like when you talk to people on your podcast who know the whole encyclopedia of hardcore from beginning to end, they're those are like really rich um, minds, you know. Like they're 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 preserving something that's like important. It's like a it's a knowledge that you can kind of learn it on your own, but you have to say it out loud for it to really stick and become history. And I think that has happened a lot. Happen finished happening in noise. Okay. It in within my lifetime. Okay. Where now, if I think that some, like I don't want to see someone do something that is experimental. Yeah. You know, it's like, what are you? All the experiments have been done. If you have a hypothesis you're trying to test, do the research. You'll find it. Oh, you want to know what playing feedback for thirty minutes sounds like? It's been done. If there's no experiment that needs to be okay. carried out, like you should probably know who did that first and think if you really are adding something new to that sound by yeah. doing it again yeah. or yeah. not as well or in another context where you know no one gives a fuck the same way that they did if you were doing that in the 70s okay okay and um so why did whole 10 um i mean it was a really in that was like the plan i think i, I mean that was the plan from the beginning, I think, mm. is the easiest answer. We're going to do a demo, three, seven inches, and LP, and then finish. And uh, one thing, I mean, I, I, I know you might disagree, but one thing is that a lot, you live, Hulk's live, mm. was very, um, mm. very shocking, but you could see, I mean, I never saw Hulk's live, but from the videos. No? Yeah, I never saw I mean, I was too young. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was probably in sixth grade when Hulk's was, was, yeah, I was in, I was in fourth grade when Hooks was like popular. Yeah. Yeah, but um well, it was active and I could just see like 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 you could tell when a band is trying to be controversial and when a band is just like, Oh, this was just like mm-hmm. and it's just like it's like naturally crazy. Did mm-hmm. you, I, I, one thing you did is push people or like hit people that mm-hmm. got close to you. Did that ever escalate to something like worse? Or like like after the show's like, Fuck you, dude, like why'd you hit me? or like or, um, or did it lead to anything bad, if that makes sense? Uh, Quote, unquote, it, bad. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was always... Annoying. Oh, yeah, so it did happen a lot. No, I mean, it, it happened a couple times. I think that, you know, it wasn't <laughs> like... I don't know. I think most of the people, like... They want... You know, I don't know, like, play, like our first shows were all, like, in our small town, and not a lot of people knew what to expect, or, like, what, and I wanted, I was just, we just, want, we were playing the band, we were making the band that we wanted, me and Ian knew what we wanted to do. We wanted to do this band, we had an opportunity to do this band, seemed like a good thing, so, or, like, that we could try and do it. I'd never been in a band before, so, mm. I, I, it felt like extremely high stakes for me, like, you know, here I've been this like fucking 
tag along loser who like didn't really get it like kind of like poser for like my whole fucking life and finally get to be in like a cool hardcore band i wanted to fucking make the most of it man damn that's kind of beautiful though but, yeah <laughs> so damn <laughs> did, did it ever happen while the band was playing someone like got mad or was it always after or uh yeah one time I mean, I, I appreciate it. It's a cool story. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, one time we got in a fight in Lyon, France, and that was... Oh, shit. Uh, it sucks. I really have a bad memory of a lot of this stuff kind of thing. I mean, there was endless, like, stupid confrontations, but it's like I wasn't really interested in... It, it didn't... Yeah, I can't... I think a lot of people like, dude, like, my... <laughs> girlfriend got pushed or I, or like some I, I still don't even know what the response is like yeah that's like so what do you want me to do like don't go to the front I guess I don't know that I like think that way now necessarily you know I think a lot of the uh, enjoyment I don't know man I don't really know well, well can you tell the story of friends or what happened? oh yeah just I guess the thing that I want to say is like I've never gotten in a fight in LA. Hmm. I've never, I've always, I feel like I'm being hosted here a lot of the times in the punk scene. You know, like hmm. this is a scene that belongs to other people and uh, try and be a respectful guest. Yeah, be civil, yeah. Um, and, but in, and what happened? In and it's bigger here, you know. Like uh, most other scenes are not <laughs> like this, you know. It's like everything bleeds to other things. Because like Santa Ana punks are one thing, or like and then like Orange County Santa Ana, but then there's like the well, I don't know if it's just now. I don't. You could tell me if like it wasn't. It was always been like this, but like like I understand there's a difference between like hardcore and punk kids, right? But then like hardcore kids, there'd be like a. Like more of a DIY hardcore kid, and then be like the like, you know like the pro sh- like hardcore shows, and then there'd be like the in between hardcore shows, and then there's bands that are kind of like hardcore now that are like mixed with other things with like metal, but they're like into the hardcore crowd, and then there's like punk. There's like a I feel like in my opinion, in my eyes, I know it all goes together. There's like four different punk scenes. Like there's like the Santa Ana punk scene, like the more Mexican like like brown Spanish speaking some bands, and then there's like more of like older punk scene and then there's like the like like PC punks you know what I mean like that's a thing yeah and, totally yeah I guess what I'm saying is like in other like growing up yeah. and in the vast majority of shows that Hoax ever played they're in places that don't have the numbers to have these distinct scenes you okay. have a room with all 50 people who've ever even heard of punk from a 100 mile mile radius converging in this place to see whatever it is that's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, like, n- never... It was only in places like New York or L.A. I was the only places in the world that we ever played were, like, New York and L.A. where we would even be conscious of, like, what kind of... What are we going to do? Or, uh, yeah, I don't know. Are we going to present ourselves? 
No, that, be, was, that be, was already pretty. That was always pretty consistent. You know, be like, cautious of like who's in the room, or like where you would think about it is like what kind of show is it going to be? Mm. You know, like for most of the country, it's just like an extreme underground music show. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, okay, okay. You know, like the crowd would have all of those types of people in it. Yeah. In the same room, and that room really only had thirty people in it. Yeah, yeah. So like I get what you mean Like oh it's like a big band or whatever But it's like you had Like I don't even know what pro hardcore is exactly But like I do you know like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that didn't exist when I was in high school Really yeah. like I don't know who I would count as that Like they were like kind of like Pop punk bands that I think Were like Um whatever They got they were like condoned by hardcore, you know, things like Kid Dynamite or like oh, Nunmo yeah. Black or yeah. like they were pretty big, I guess. Or I feel like now if you're a big hardcore band, you're in a big, you're like, you're like, you have a big crowd. But before and you have professional management, you have like, you, you have someone booking your shows, you have a promoter. Yeah. yeah. That now, now you could be a hardcore band and not, and not need that and still have big crowds. Does that make sense? Right. Like, like Madball, like, but they for sure have like a book. No, 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 yeah, game. but like it, it's like, well, yeah, I guess. That, exactly, that's what yeah. I'm thinking. It's like that was like the pro hardcore when I was a kid. It's like Mad Ball, but Silly would only play kind of like, you know, it was bigger than the DIY. They wouldn't play a DIY venue, but they'd be playing at Rock Club in St. Yeah. Louis. I never saw a Mad Ball in St. Louis. <laughs> but, but, um, so yeah, so, so you, so Hoax, so Hoax Ants, you guys did what you gotta do. And did you do not do anything for the rest of the time, like until command? Um, like bands wise. Oh, uh, yeah, no other bands, but I did a bunch of electronic music. Yeah, uh, but what is what is the name under? Um, in twenty fourteen, I did two demos. One was called Fihill, and one was called Levastud. Okay. And I still do Levastud. It's like an uh, an industrial uh, noise project. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and Fihill turned into a project called JH1 uh, FS3 that I did with um, my uh, partner at the time, this woman from uh, Denmark who uh, was doing a project that Hoax played with, or we met at Chaos and Chaos, that festival that we were talking about. Okay. She was playing her noise set, and I was playing with Hoax, and we met, and, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's hit it off and stayed in touch, and then when I moved to L.A., there was a big connection between L.A. and through Cali and this other weird shit yeah. that was going on with people from Copenhagen so we had these opportunities to kind of uh, see each other and lots of mutual friends and stuff and uh, we started dating and would spend time here together when I moved here I lived in Cali's studio downtown it was like in Skid Row it was just like it it was like this but five times the size and there was a bathroom at the end of the hall and, and that's like it <laughs> and I lived there for almost two years <coughs> it, yeah damn until I got like kind of on my feet 
um, uh, you know, like sort of figured out stuff. It was, it was, so it was like Callie who hooked it up like that and was like just the best friend anyone could have. He's um, an AA guy, like he was really into sponsoring people and did a lot of like, had a lot of like 12 step. Did, did, did you personally deal with drugs or has, or had problems with drugs? I, I mean, I love dealing with drugs. I'll deal with them right now <laughs> if we had some. <laughs> so you still, have you ever like pretty nice over? Uh, no, I mean, I, um, no, I'm, I like to drink moderately. I don't know. I'm, yeah, it's, no, it's never been. I was straight edge for a while. Oh, shit. Like, um, basically by the time I left St. Louis, I had been, I was, I was straight edge and then, After living out in Western Mass for a little while, I just didn't have that like army of like hardcore mm. automatons like around yeah. me all the time, so it felt less tenable. Like I wanted to have a little bit more um, freedom. Uh, yeah, like broaden my horizons a little bit. Yeah, I guess this is kind of a big thing that I skipped over. Is like so like that I when. I was like into like all these different types of music scenes and like I was into hardcore but like also a bunch of other different stuff and it, it hardcore really appealed to me but it still was like in parallel with a bunch of stuff and when I moved in with this guy um, <coughs> sorry no no it's cool you can do you edit this most of the time no but, but if, 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 I'll send it to you if there's anything you want me to edit yeah yeah I mean yeah no problem mm. but yeah, I, sorry. I, I shouldn't have asked that online, right? No, 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 no. no, no. It's okay. Ryan Live, I guess. All right, cool. Yeah, do do it. At, uh, sip from Dino's on the mic. Oh yeah, sir. yeah. Shout out to Dino's. Yeah. yeah, shout out to Dino's on Main Street. <laughs> um, thank you. Um, so yeah. And when I moved there, the this the it was like this older guy who ran that DIY space. And he was into like art and like experimental music, like in the truest, like you know, like like mo like postmodern, like composing, like really like um, yeah, he was like a composer. Yeah. But he would comp compose things to play on like a broken cello with a shoe or whatever it is, you know, like abstract art kind of thing. Yeah. But he still like had this space and was into opening it up and having to be like this youth. DIY space but he was um, I don't know how to really sum it up but like basically I moved in with him yeah. and he I, I got really uh that was like when I went from kind of like low key, uh, like, you know, basically having bouts of depression in high school and whatever to like something really snapped. And then like I fully just was completely, yeah, I don't know. It's just like I didn't. It predisposed me to when moving to Boston and I saw that what I could do was like blend into a crowd and completely fucking disappear and just be like an automaton and like still do all this fun shit and like 
could like focus on this one thing, which was like going to hardcore shows, mm-hmm. it, I like snagged it. And then after a couple of years, I started like maybe like uh, oh not being so committed to just living within hardcore and not doing anything else outside of hardcore. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so now you're, uh... There's a really, that, that, that podcast, there was another guy who lived there with me at the same time, this kid, Steven. Yeah. And I've listened to him on a podcast where he was talking about the time that we were living together. And I think he did a really, he, like, stayed in St. Louis. You know, he didn't have somewhere to go. You know, I, I kind of knew that I was already going to move to Massachusetts, yeah. you know, whenever. Yeah. Like, so finally when it got too bad for me, I just, like, bailed, you know, and, like, just, like, threw all my shit in this minivan, uh, my minivan. I had a minivan my mom left me when they moved to Boston and uh, just left. Um, and he stayed there and... Uh, I don't want to say it like fucked up his life, but you know, I think if if he would have left, yeah. I mean, I'm hard pressed because I don't want to like put words in his mouth, and I listen to like what he said about that and shit. But like, it was fucking full on weird abuse shit. You know, it was like it was just like this old guy with like teenage boys living in his house who like he was like manipulating and controlling and like doing weird, like, emotional, like, control stuff, too. And, like, you know, we were, like, teenagers, and I think that we, like, really bought it, like, hook, line, and sinker. But then looking back, it's like, well, you don't do, like, like that. Like, if I ever heard about a 17-year-old or something being treated the way that he treated the two kids there or whatever, like, I would just... I'd be, I, like, I don't know, like, like, yeah. it was just really crazy. And I think that, yeah, it was just really crazy. It was, uh, wait, wait, so, <laughs> the adult guy, the adult guy was a hardcore dude, or? No, he was, he was, a uh, into, he was a composer. Okay, okay, he was a composer, oh, sorry, man. <laughs> sorry, I'm like, yeah, no, yeah, so he was a composer, and, uh, damn, do you, like, do you look back now, and, like, I don't know, like, what happened to him now? Uh, or how did all that break through, or did it, or eventually? I'm assuming you like, like stopped, or 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 is he still there? Yeah, I mean, I think that eventually the scene that was booking shows there had had enough of him. Mm. How how long how long did he live there for? I lived there for like a year. A year. Yeah. Wow. Damn. Um. It was disgusting. It was like. It was like these three properties on a corner, and then the one of them was like the venue, which was like a. It was like a. Um, do you see that corner store like up at the at the end of my block? Like, yeah. Like like that. Uh-huh. That was like the venue, but it was like on the corner, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then there's like a house on the one side of it, and the house on the other side, and the one house had been a crack house, like just you know blighted urban area all fucked up and nothing was going on there he every he was just boarded up and there was another one that he had like kind of done the same thing but hadn't finished and he moved into the bottom and then me and that other kid 
started working on this other floor that was just like filled with trash. It was crazy. It was just like all... Oh, it's just fucked up. It was just fucked up. There's like car doors in it, like dead birds, like and uh, making you work for it, like in order for you to like live with them. Yeah, and it, everything we would do everything. Like like he would just tell, like I couldn't go see my girlfriend. I couldn't like. Uh, I honestly don't even know how to talk about it. It was fucking crazy, and I had there were kids in the scene who knew what was happening to me, and. I think they felt scared, concerned, you know, like they were like, but it was like this kid that they didn't really like or like know that well anyway. So they didn't feel like it was like that for them to intervene or something. uh, Pardon me if like, if I'm too nosy here, but (laughs) I mean, I feel like was there ever a like, like, like actual abuse? Like did he try or, or anything like that? What, like, did he rape me? Yeah, yeah. No. Oh, okay. No, no. Definitely never. Uh, Do you think that was a plan or something? Or, or No, but I think it's part of, like, what makes it really hard is because I don't want to talk about, like, his sexuality or, like, make it be like that. You okay. know what I mean? Like, I don't want to imply that. Or, like, you know you see this shit sometimes where it's, like, um, attention all followers. I would like to bring to your attention some problematic... Thing, this guy is abuser and they use all this language and you're like left to be like do I fill in the blanks or like it's like oh, difficult dude. to like like and I don't want to like do any of that but I also know that it was like he 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 profoundly you know, like, psychologically damage these kids that he had unfettered access to. You know, there's, like, other kids who lived in, like, another building. You know, it was, like, no one was older than 20. Yeah. He was in his, like, 50s or 60s, and, like... You know how he made you work on the buildings? Did he own the buildings or just took over them? His mom owned them or something? So he was rich. Or, like, had some sort of wealth? Bro, do you know... No. No, It's, like, those... Not really. they, they were they were they were a liability. I mean, it's like in the early two thousands in South St. Louis City, you could okay. buy a building for around a hundred dollars. Oh shit! Okay. You know, it's like or the the city would just give it to you if you oh. pay the property taxes. Okay. You know, there's huge blight. Like all these big cities around the Rust Belt, like at first they were deindustrialized, and then real estate came in and through and crazy like uh you know racist fear-mongering and shit flipped all these crappy suburbs to uh people fleeing the city and then let the city get blighted and so um have an abandoned so what taxes. happened to that dude or do you know no i mean i never talked to him again i left and um, that was it i know that he kept on doing stuff there some people who had better experiences kind of did some stuff but most people left it, it was just weird, man. It was just this weird thing, and I don't really know how to, like, sum it up. And when you talk to people from St. Louis about it, they know exactly what you're talking about. You know, people who knew there... I don't know. There was enough people... I'll say this. There was enough people who were, like, looking out for me and lived in the neighborhood that, like... I never was, like... terrified for my life. You know what I mean? Like, I... Like... But it was all, like, really weird psychological 
Yeah. Shit. I can only, I, 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 I can only imagine. Yeah. Um, and that was, yeah, and that, like, really sucked. You know, I was, like, never, like, I wasn't in band, so, like, I wasn't cool to him, and, like, but, like, I still, like, had this access to shit, and, you know, like, because I could go to shows, or I lived at the venue, and, like, yeah. it felt like I would, like, lose something if I didn't, I don't know, or he just, like, yell at me for hours, and, like, you know, tell me about how, like, I was, uh, you know, like, a lying like damaged you know like sub, like suburban casualty like my like I'll never be okay like I'll always be like a Fuck. yeah like a like a liar like he always like said stuff like in terms of um like politics and stuff which was like part of like what it was like you know people would be like it like they want to like um get involved and maybe they're not so in they don't know these encyclopedia of underground music histories they just know it's like a culture that maybe aligns with some of their values yeah. and they have a better idea of what their values are and he would like latch onto that and be like oh like i can get you past whatever the barriers to entry of these musics are and okay. you just have to like get on board with my shit and then you'll know it or whatever and it was like really appealing so you would like host all these things that was like no one cool ever you know I'm like no one in cool bands ever came to to no no no, no to his like house to oh. talk with him or meet with him but there were tons of kids who were like losers who like wanted a place inside this scene that they were like oh maybe I'll do this like okay I'm trying to think of like some aspect of LA that's kind of like that where it's like oh like that's too lame I don't want to do it I'm just going to go to hardcore shows or I'm going to just go do my own DIY thing like why would I have a <coughs> DIY venue that I'm going to get involved with okay yeah, there's nothing like this in LA really not really I mean <laughs> yeah I, I, yeah, I, yeah I mean it's Sounds crazy. It sounds crazy. Um, well, because punk is so huge here. Part of it, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like it's just like surfing or like yeah, yeah. skateboarding. It's just like this thing that's like the weather. It's just like there, and you can be into it or not. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Damn. But um, yeah, that I I forget why I thought that was relevant at the time, but just to say, after once I maybe I was like a couple years out of that. I broke edge and um, uh, started listening to um, a lot of like dance hall and techno and um, uh, hanging out with like hipster girls and stuff. And, you know what I mean? Like just trying to like be a little like, like I like just be normal like yeah. a little bit as opposed to just like fully like n I don't do anything except for hardcore and if it's not fast hardcore I don't give a fuck yeah uh, I wanted to ask you sorry uh, sorry uh, did when you left did was like did you like was it all like something like I gotta get out or did he ever try to stop you or anything like that uh, or like did he know it was like you can't leave or you shouldn't leave or uh, basically me and my friend Steven, mm. who uh, 
was living there at the same time. It just was like completely fucking untenable. I like we just did the craziest shit that it was like it made sense in the context, but looking back, it would be like literally sneaking out of the house or like trying to like hide food under our beds and like having to lie or like make up all these like plans for like how to tell him that we had like gone and done something. I, it, I, it was just like, I don't know, man. Like it was just like being in a really fucked up relationship almost. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and, and you guys left at the same time or no, he stayed there and you know, I feel like honest to God, really lucky he's still alive. You know, like, he like had no one and nothing and was like stuck there and like had alienated all his friends by like siding with this fucking he said this is on a podcast right him talking about it yeah uh, what is it or can you send it to me if you don't want to put it on yeah 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 yeah. please send it to me yeah right. totally yeah I think he, he does a better less dramatic job of talking about it than yeah. I do because it, it's hard to talk about it yeah. I think it is like also like you know Missouri is like really fucking homophobic and like even though every punk scene is like slightly less homophobic than the culture at large just by nature of punk or whatever like we were really concerned I think with like trying to say what we wanted to say without like having it devolve into some kind of like you know homophobic trope about old yeah I don't know like yeah without it turning into some weird homophobic trope which like wasn't necessarily true okay you know like but what can I say I mean that was probably stupid (laughs) yeah he totally fucked me up Um, so now, uh, so now you're, um, I guess to wrap I know up. we've skipped, skipped around a lot. No, 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 but, uh, I, I mean, I don't, I mean, the reason I go, like, in order is because I want the person themselves to, like, tell me what they want. Like, what they want to be, or, like, want your story to be told in a way. You know what I mean? Eventually, you know, that's the goal. Like, for the person to tell the story, whether it's in order or not. Um, so, I th- yeah, we're gonna get close to wrapping this up. Ah, nah, fuck that. It, I, I was, like, stuttering and shit for the first ten minutes. Like, you know, if yeah. you've got to be somewhere, that's fine. But I also think that, like, you could chop some shit that's, like, um, you know, boring or whatever. No, no, no. I mean, I don't think anything you said is boring. Even, if, even when you would kind of, like, figure out what you were saying, you kind of said something that was, like, holy shit, like, this one. Yeah. <laughs> um, say so you're being closer to 36. You're, um. I'm 36. Yeah, oh, you're 36. Yeah, you're being closer to 40. Sorry. You're being closer to 40. You've done all this. You've done a lot of. You've been through shit, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Do you, um. Has it ever crossed your mind, maybe now, or maybe before, or maybe in the future, who knows, to, like, live, like, a normal, like, suburban life? Like, to just have kids, to just get married with, like, a regular lady, or do you feel like it's, like, not possible? Uh, I mean, I feel like I'm doing a pretty good job. Mm. You know, like, uh, 
that was I think even uh, like at the, towards the end of Hooks I was having those kind of like existential questions like mm. like like the dudes who I knew who were you know 10 years older than me that were still involved in underground music I was like I didn't really know anyone who like who who like whose footsteps I would necessarily want to follow in. Mm, okay. And I think that really started like getting like that was it only got you know it didn't help being in hoax it like sort of like positive reinforcement for all all my most uh, negative tendencies. Mm. Uh, kind of, you know, it just like heightened the anxiety the longer it went on or whatever. And I don't think that I could have kept it up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like moving out LA was sort of a part of maybe bridging that gap, what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, so I know we already mentioned it, but so Cali was like, okay, you come out. I mean, I was working on a fucking corn farm before I moved to... I was, like, tutoring kids in the SATs and working on this farm where I did pumpkins, corn, and tobacco. Do you have to be certified to teach kids for the, like, to prepare for the SAT, or...? No, you just need to be able to get perfect scores on the SAT. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, shit. Which I know it sounds like... Uh, you, when you take the SAT when you're 16, it's really hard. When you take it... Yeah. When you're like 22, yeah. it's like not that hard. <laughs> yeah, I didn't oh, I, I can't didn't. believe this shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just did that basically for for really long. like I graduated college and like I wanted to be a doctor. I kind of thought like I thought that would be sick. Oh, sorry, what did you graduate? What? What was what, your bachelor's or what did you graduate of? Oh, just like bad bachelor of arts like a oh, just right. ge- generic degree you know I didn't get okay. like a degree in a s- certain thing it was like okay. I went to like a liberal arts school okay um uh yeah but then I couldn't fucking imagine spending that much more time in school and being surrounded by people who I thought were like one dimensional and boring you know it seemed like I had to choose between like doing what I wanted to do and like that kind of security and I fully chose doing what I wanted to do and then like you know when I finished school like was, that's like when the great that's like when the economy tanked you know what I mean yeah. like my last year of school was like no one I knew got a job mm. you know it's like and I felt really bad for a lot of kids who like took out like loans and shit to like go to college and then like they're trying to like get that there are there's no like they were all, they were all like they had like political science degrees and were like working at Chinese restaurants until they were like almost 30 you know it really sucked uh, but so it made it a bit of an easier decision did your parents through all this whole time throughout, throughout everything ever reached out or like what the hell is going on with you like or like or yeah reached out or like knew about what you were like what was going through in your life or know about hoax to this day or they know about hoax and I think that they were like you know it's like a, a combination I think they like a little bit knew about it and didn't like it and but also wanted they liked the idea of me achieving things or like not being like a total fuck up like they want like 
So I knew how to sit, I knew how to I knew how to talk to them about all that stuff. Yeah. I think they hadn't. Yeah, you know, just be like, yeah. Mom, like I'm, <laughs> like I'm in the. They knew what hardcore was, you know, because I'd be oh. like going to hardcore shows all the time, and I would tell them like, oh, it's like I'm straight edge, and they thought it was really cool that I was straight edge and shit like that. And well, when you were living with with the dude, so did he ever like? I mean, did your parents ever like meet him or anything yeah or, or like call you to be like yo are you okay or like or like or for that whole year did they just not know it yeah but you know I didn't want to like I think they were like dude like go to college or like go like do like what are, like I they were honestly I think that at that point they were just glad I graduated high school they thought that I wasn't gonna finish high school so they were just like he made it and then they didn't have to deal with me anymore Discipline. Are your parents still together? Yeah. And. Uh. Yeah, they're. Do do like you have a so good relationship with them or like? Yeah, kind of. I mean, pretty yeah. it, like standard. I think standard. Yeah. I think standard. Uh, but you were saying like I think. Anyways, I just wanted to get to say, to give Callie some credit for yeah. how I bridged that gap from, which was, so I met Callie. At Chaos and Chaos, and he um, knew a lot of. He he's kind of immersed in art world. Yeah, yeah. Back I knew through there. Yeah, I had no idea he was like into art. Yeah, I mean, he was only he only became he he worked at this. This is kind of funny. All right, so he worked at this music licensing place mm. on Melrose. Um, called Beta Petrol, owned by the guy. Have you ever seen that book, Fucked Up and Photocopied? Mm. It's like a Bible of U.S. Uh, flyers and like okay, early zines from the '80s. It's sick. Um, uh, that that guy owned that, and he had a little record label that he ran out of this music licensing office, um, where the soon-to-be wife of Mark McCoy was the girl who worked at the front desk. Oh shit! And. He um, had spent like basically 13 years. He, he probably quit working at the music licensing place in 2015 or something, or right, 14, right after I moved out here or whatever. But it worked there for a really long time. And that's what sort of bridged his life from being a roadie for Hole and this dude who was like on tour with Nirvana and like babysat for Curtin, for Francis Bean and really crazy early 20s to say the least. And then just did all this like, yeah, like a- All cool shit, yeah. Like he like, he just like worked there and like went to AA and rode his bike and had a chill girlfriend and just like had this really focused life doing this normal thing and he like achieved this kind of like inner peace that like I think I met him at like the peak of that sort of like state of being kind of thing and it was really helpful so he was like dude you're gonna die if you keep on doing this band your Ian's already moving out to LA come out to LA I'll help you like I know you don't have any money you can live in my studio until you get on your feet I've always really liked art so I want like 
I always loved art and it just seems like unattainable because I'm not an artist so like what would I do with it the same way it's like okay well I'm not in a band I want to play yeah. I like hardcore what do I do oh I'll like move to a venue or like I'll do a venue you know yeah. what I mean like um, and he set me up uh, and got me job doing assistance for artists and stuff and I've been doing that for 10 years and would do it like a little bit for one artist, a little bit for another artist, and then. Um, he really helped you out. He really helped you out. Like, yeah. When you're saying he helped you, like, he helped you out. He introduced me to some people who then they really, really helped me out. This guy, um, uh, this person, B. Fowler, was like another person who, like, they were just like, I, I, I don't know what I'm going to be doing, but I promise I'll hire you to work in my studio. Shit. That's super sick. And that was like the first two or three years I was down here. Um, that's I know we were talking about tenants union stuff, but that's how I heard about the tenants union. Is that was like 2014, 15 was when a lot of anti gentrification activism was starting uh, in East LA, like Loyal Heights and stuff. And I was working in the art industry and was like, kind of like shocked by how knuckleheaded the response to a lot of the anti-gentrification activism was. Mm. Like people would be like, okay, I get your point, but you're doing it all wrong or something like that. And yeah. I was like, wait, like, I'm sorry, but like these people are right. Mm. Or like, what, like, I'm sorry, it gets in the way of us doing this like art shit, but at the end of the day, like you're gonna end up displacing families from their homes who've lived in this neighborhood for generations like what is there for you to like mm. what are, what hairs are you splitting here like <laughs> like i get that like it's inconvenient for you but they're right yeah so and you know it's like to some extent you can't control a lot of things like you know i didn't have any control of where i could live once i moved to la like i stayed in i don't know whatever yeah but Anyways, the tennis union has become a big part of my life, and that's how I first heard about it, doing that art shit. Yeah. But yeah, now I've been working for this one artist uh, in the same art studio for like five years now. We have a really good chemistry, which is kind of like important when you work in somebody's studio. You know, it's like really, you're in their intimate space. You've got to make them feel really comfortable. It's a lot of trust, stuff like that. Um, but... I mean, yeah, like now I got my own house and I don't know, like, I guess it'd be cool to have a kid, but, you know, I think that's like, you got to think about like the kid first and stuff, yeah, yeah. so. Yeah, I mean, you know how, you said, how your, your friend said, you're going to die in this band, if, you know, you're going to die if you don't, <laughs> if you continue to be in this band, come to LA. What do you... What do you think made, like, because based on that, I'm assuming your friendship was really, like, intimate and powerful. Yeah. What do you think about it, like, kind of, like, like, what do you think, describe your friendship, like, how did, like, what was it, like, that made you guys close, or that made you, like, like... This is, dude, he is, he is, he is one of the most, like, compelling, charismatic, like, kind of fatherly open-armed figures you've ever met I mean I wish I think was. about it like he yeah for you know, the main thing that like I like I knew about him just like from like youth attack records or whatever was just like 
when you Googled his ma- name, nothing would come up except for conspiracy theories on message boards about how he murdered Kurt Cobain. Oh, shit. And that oh, was like the shit. only thing that I knew about him, and I was like, a little crazy or whatever. And we, you know, got along. He just is like, you know, he's sponsoring a lot of people at AA. So yeah. I was talking about all this stuff, and even though, like, I didn't have any drug problems or whatever, obviously it was like having a bunch of m- mental things that were hampering me that I didn't even realize and he talked me through a lot of that shit the same way you would talk to someone who has like an addiction because okay. underneath all that there is like some fucked up way of thinking you know yeah, what I yeah. mean like that's why you like I love the big book I've, I love the like sort of the ethos of AA where it's like there's something kind of that you can do proactively if you follow these steps that will have a positive effect in your life. You don't need to believe it or not. You just have faith that it'll work or like don't you don't have to understand it, you know what I mean? And he would teach me all these little tricks or whatever. And it was him and this other guy uh B Fowler or person B Fowler um uh and they B Fowler had gotten over really crazy like OCD. I think they still have OCD, but yeah doing cognitive behavioral therapy and the two of them like Callie was like my like sponsor for something that wasn't a drug problem and B helped me get actual medical help uh, from a cognitive behavioral therapist and between those two things and not having to worry about having a place to live for like over a year you know it wasn't like free rent but dude I was living in LA LA for around $250 a month I mean, I didn't have a shower or a bathroom or a kitchen or anything. Yeah. It was like a futon in the back of like a concrete box, like a warehouse on Skid Row. But still, it was enough to like kind of like get me. Yeah. To, to like turn the page to like the next chapter of my life. Yeah. <laughs> That's super sick. Wow. I think I want to leave it here just because I want people to listen everything. I don't want people to like to listen. But, um, yeah, yeah, this is super sick. Uh, we're gonna do a this or that, yeah, and wrap it up. Okay, okay, you know what this or that is, yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna go to the bathroom over here. Right? Right, do um, you want to pause it? Let me pause it. No, you're gonna, you were gonna end it and then would it, and it would have fucked it all up. Hold on, it would have made it two things. Oh, there, all right, back with this or that metallic or slayer. Uh, yeah, I pick one. Yeah, I pick one. I mean, someone gives you all the Metallica records or all the Slayer records, which are you picking? I probably listen to all the Slayer records. Okay. Just because I wouldn't want to listen to anything after the first four Metallica records. Okay. Is that that's probably like most people say that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, most, most, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, orange soda or Coke? What's that? Orange soda or Coke? Hmm. No soda? Not a soda guy? Uh, yeah. uh, maybe Coke. <laughs> maybe Coke. Just for drinking, though? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> De- death threat or hate breed? Uh, like, Connecticut death threat? Yeah, yeah, yeah Connecticut death threat. Can I choose Japanese death threat? 
There's Japanese death threat? I know that. Alright, I choose Japanese death threat. <laughs> um, uh, trash Harbor Ceremony. I've never heard Trash Talk. you never heard of Trash Talk? But you know who they are. Yeah, yeah, I know who they are. But you never listen to Trash Talk? <laughs> no, I've never heard. That's crazy. That's all right. And Lee is the homie, too. Yeah. No, Trash Talk is my favorite band. Really? Yeah, probably. Like, everything. I, that's my favorite band right, right now. But it's been my favorite band. Well, cool. Um, Have you interviewed Lee? He wouldn't do it, but... Really? But no, like, he, I've met him. He's super cool. Like, the chill is, like, for how successful he is and how chill he is, like it's like oh this I are they still a band? Mm, yeah, yeah, but like not like really active. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, gauze or gizm? Yeah, I don't know. That's that's actually hard. I'm not like indifferent. Probably gizm. Yeah. yeah. Gizm. Yeah, actually, what am I talking about? Gizm for sure. Yeah. Um, do you like black metal? Yeah, right, of course. Yeah. No. Um, I nodded. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Woods of Desolation? No. Uh, okay. Um, classic. Dark Throne or Mayhem? Uh, Mayhem. Um, you like Black Metal? Huh? You like Black Metal? I love Black Metal. Um, I love DSBM more. Like, so, Depressive Suicide of Black Metal, quote unquote. That's the name. But, like, very, like, yeah, you know, like very like sad, like just like like what people think of Dead Heaven. Like I've always liked that. Like Von Chemical Romance, kind of. No, 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 no. Like <laughs> you know, Dead Heaven, right? Um, yeah, like that. Like very like shoegazy, like just like slow. You know what I mean? Like melodic black metal. Mm. Yeah. Um, no, does it sound? <laughs> no, but there there was a bunch of I like, but. There's a lot of black metal on the verge of noise that help define what a lot of my electronic, what I wanted to, what, what, what my head. Well, what's your favorite black metal band, or like top black metal bands? Of all times? Um, yeah. Um. Or like, you, or you want to play some black metal, you play that like without thinking, that's what I want to listen to. Oh, uh. Maybe some weird Laylesian noir tape. I don't know. I, I guess I don't have like a favorite black metal. Band, Are you really into black metal? No, I would say I'm like passively into black metal. Oh, okay, okay. But some of those, some, I, I think I really like a lot of the Laylesian noir, like circle sounding, very lo fi, a lot of noise. Anything that's sort of like a little bit more atmospheric and. Okay. Um, you like There's something, something interesting going in on it. I think I really like those, those Moethit tapes, you know? It okay. sounds like a broken violin <laughs> and, like, <coughs> an old lady trapped in a well. Yeah. I think that's cool. Um, <coughs> yeah. I, I mean, I like a lot of uh, stuff that all, black metal that kind of sounds like the noise hardcore, too. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. you know, like, people don't want to say that it does or whatever, but it will, like... If you listen to bands like GBK, that will be there will be actual two set parts in it. You know they don't want to hear that, but <coughs> yeah. Um, My Chemical Romance or never heard or Paramore. I've never heard either of those bands. Oh shit. Um, <laughs> Walmart or Target. 
Yeah, fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. This has not been the most interesting uh, this or that. Um, <laughs> basketball or baseball? Uh, sports. I don't know. Go Dodgers. <laughs> Go Dodgers? Yeah. The beach or the woods? The, uh, like the woodsy beach. <laughs> the woodsy beach. Yeah, like Pacific Northwest style. There's like all these like hemlocks and shit like up on the cliff and then the waves crash. Like uh, like Jason, the first Jason movie, the first uh, yes. Friday the 13th movie. Yeah, that was a lake technically, right? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah, that, yeah, that, that, that idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, Michael Myers, Michael Myers or Freddy Cougar? Oh, um, Mike Myers. I mean, Freddy himself was, yeah, Mike Myers is just kind of classic or whatever. Freddy, <laughs> the cool things about the Friday, the, the cool things about Nightmare on Elm Street are, um, Things that don't that it's you know it's not Freddy, whereas Mike Myers is like kind of that's it's a, it's a, it, it like transcends uh, everything like, yeah, it's like yeah. that's the the crux of it yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I think the last one is my bloody Valentine or Sonic Youth. Mm. <laughs> Neither. Maybe Sonic Youth, I guess. Yeah. A little, little bit, little, still a little bit more going on there, but honestly, I'd rather listen to them do solo stuff or collabs than actually listen to <laughs> the Sonic band. Youth. Yeah, I'd rather listen to some weird Thurston Moore shit or some. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The what? What? What, what did she? There was the project she did with Bill Nace was really good too. Maybe it's just a duo. Alright, the birthday party or Deep Wound? Yeah, that'll be the last one. Deep Wound? Deep Wound? Yeah. 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 Or Massachusetts. Hey, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alright, thank you, everybody, for listening. Yeah, anything else you want to say? Uh, mm, uh, just that I think it's really cool that you're doing this project or whatever. Thank like, you. I, I've never. I don't. I don't. I don't know how, like, zines are dead, you know? This is the new version of a zine. Yeah, I like to think about it. Yeah. Also, it's cool, like, thinking about, like, you know, like, like life goes on, you know? Like, you do all this other shit, or, like, yes. someone's into, like, this one. Yeah, or, that's like... Like, yeah. Who knew? Or... Yeah. Isn't that crazy? This is not, like, I like to think about it, like, this is not for me. This is, like... If I'm interested, like, because in reality, if you look at all my guests, it's like very like Anthony from Turmoil. Everybody knows Anthony from Turmoil. Then it's like my homie who literally like just like in the back of his house, you know, just interview my homie. But I'm like, that's I, I, cool. I want to listen to that one. It's not great because I'm not a great interview at the time. But it's like it's just literally my homie, like literally just my homie Robert. And but I like to think about it from all those guests. Every single one of them, I feel like I'm interested. I'm really interested in that person. I really want to get to know, because I like. I mean, I've gotten a lot like outside, like in when I socialize in the real world, I ask too many questions, or I'm like, or, yeah, I ask too many questions, <laughs> and I like, and I like to know about people, and a lot of people get like, what the fuck? Like, why do you want to know about this or whatever? Which you know, I understand, but this this is my way of like, like kind of playing homage to people who, whether they're popular or not. 
you know, they're interesting and I wanted to know. Do you think your legacy is going to be like, you know, someone who contributed to like the culture of hardcore specifically, or do you think it'll be maybe more having to do with LA or like when you think about this project, like if it lasted for another five years, what form do you think you would like if you could just you know god mode control like what it would be like would you still be doing musics with interviews with music would you keep on interviewing people from your neighborhood and stuff like that do you i think i would like i would well maybe i guess but if i would if i would say the fan base or fan base but the like people who will listen to who will listen to this from years from now Mm -hmm. i think it'd be just good-hearted people whether you're into music whether you're into just learning about a certain individual you knew knew or or whatever it may be it's at the end of the day the core of it the avenues were through music and through art and through photography but the core of it it's just good people Mm -hmm. i could have been i i there's people that are like oh interview this person interview this person he'd be sick you could get him i'm like yeah but I mean, like, the reason this this podcast is the way it is because I like to genuinely ask, like, you know, like, the way we talked earlier about, you know what I mean? I don't want to talk about, like, oh, so, what the, so the, what the, how did the lyrics come and come up? You know what I mean? Like, how did the name come? You know what I mean? I don't want, like, yeah, it's, I get people want to hear that, but I want to hear, like, who's a dude who, like, acts all crazy and hoax and command? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess that. To put it bluntly, it's good-hearted people who maybe find this through music or through other avenues but it's good hearted people I guess that's cool I'm I, th- I think that if you're this proactive and productive it's not gonna be like the last thing you do I'm really curious like what happens next damn thank you it'll be tight appreciate it thank yeah. you um yeah that's a, a beautiful way to wrap it up sick <laughs>